This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and I am happy to be joined once again today by my friend, my coworker, a fellow uh, podcast host getting back in the game. I'm so excited to have her on the show, Amanda Duberman. Hey, Amanda. Hi, honey. Yeah, I did just set up my mic for the first time in several months, so thanks for <laughs> thanks for helping me dip back in with some housewives before I get into the uh, Republican primary. What is more of a mess, the Real Housewives of Miami on a gondola or the state of democracy? The eternal that's, question. That's too hard. That is too fucking hard. I think that they are perfect metaphors for for one another. <laughs> there's there's comedy. There's drama. There's horror. It's giving you a and little I'm bit of And I'm Gertie. Everything. I'm just nauseous. I'm just vomiting and I want out. Uh, somebody get Amanda a bucket. <laughs> Please. I need a bucket for this election. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have an exciting uh, new project that you are returning to the podcast space with uh, very shortly. Can you just tell us uh, what that is? I'm excited to hear about it in your own words. Oh, my God. I love returning to the podcast space. That makes me sound so cool. It's your comeback you know album, podcast if you will. space has been missing. <laughs> yeah, I am so, so, so excited. Um, hopefully, we had a lot of overlap um, with your listeners with our last podcast, The Betcha Up Podcast. We are. We took a little hiatus to figure out like how are we going to cover this crazy year, and um, we have been talking to an amazing, amazing podcaster and TikToker, V Spear. You probably know them. They are huge on TikTok, and they are going to join me in our new podcast. Speaking of feeling sick, it is called American Fever Dream. Obviously, a play on two idioms because I'm obsessed with idioms. But also, it's like this this election cycle. I think you know, much like much like Gertie on a on a on a Mexican Mexico City gondola, it's making all of us a little bit sick. We feel a little feverish. We feel a little hot. There's a general sense of malaise. And so our approach to this podcast is like just to alleviate that. We're just going to talk a little shit. We're going to speculate. We're not going to beg you to vote for anyone in particular, even though, you know, I think there are certain paths that are probably more productive. But we definitely get, you know, people are kind of tired of just watching these two old white men shuffle towards the presidency, as we say. And there are cooler things to talk about. And there are really cool candidates running. So if you've been looking for an entry point for this election, but you're just sort of like, ugh, ugh, I can't, I don't want to trust us. This is this is it. We will we will dip you in softly. We will make you laugh a little bit along the way when appropriate. But yeah, I'm really excited to be to be back at it. There's so much to talk about, and a lot of it is just so silly. Like it is quite um, catastrophic, but in us in, in such a silly way, you know. Catastrophic in a silly way, I feel like is kind of everything that, everything that happens on Bravo too. Precisely, precisely. I'm so excited for your show. I can't wait for everyone to listen and check it out. But Thank I'm you. I'm so glad to have you here today because we have uh, two two big episodes of Housewives to unpack. We've we're wrapping up some trips. We've got. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in Barcelona, or maybe slightly outside Barcelona for the most part. We've got The Real Housewives of Miami in Mexico City. 
It's funny always having like uh, multiple trips going on at once and kind of the vibes can be so different. And I was thinking mm-hmm. as I watched Beverly Hills, this was the the final part of their trip to Barcelona. They returned home in the middle of the episode, which this is like a maybe this is just a personal like nitpick that I need to get over. I don't like on Housewives when the trip ends halfway through an episode and it's like commercial break and we're back with Dorit and PK. No, it's like no I thought I was done. I was watching this episode at the gym. <laughs> And I was like, oh, great, the, the trip's over. I can get off the treadmill. And then suddenly, <laughs> Dorit and PK and Dorit and Kyle are having a heart-to-heart. I to- I'm totally aligned there. That was weird. I'm like, I feel like the trip is its own capsule collection of episodes. We should have a few minutes of packing at the first beginning of the first trip episode. And then you get on the plane. And then we should arrive back in Beverly Hills fresh-faced next week. <laughs> like, I don't, maybe, I, I, I probably just need to get over that. But I'm... I feel like this trip as a whole, it's not that nothing happened, but also it felt like the main thing that happened was Sutton talking about Merce Cunningham. And it was just kind of like, what what did we spend the last three episodes doing? Uh, I, I guess Crystal and Anna Marie kind of get along now. What's up with that? Like, there doesn't seem to be really this like propulsive group storyline on Beverly Hills right now in a way that is kind of... Like, I'm just looking at the cards on the table and I'm like, uh, I guess. Right, right. Yeah, like at the end when Sutton was like really sweetly saying, you know, like these girls are my friend and they've become my family. And I'm like, that's really lovely, but that's not really the show that I came to watch. (laughs) And, you know, I've been thinking and I think other people feel this way that I have enjoyed not having Lisa Rinna there. It really is kind of like a breath of fresh air. I feel like they're getting along better. I feel like there's not an instigator necessarily, but I'm like, do we need do we need an instigator? Crystal tried a little bit. And I feel like she's sort of like backing off a little bit. But um, yeah, I enjoy watching it. I'm glad these women are are getting along. I mean, even when Erica was like trying, not even trying to start some shit, but I thought I thought that was going to be like a real moment. But they they were all when Erica said, like, you know, you all sort of played a role in my pain in the next year. And it seemed like they were all sort of like, that's fair. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like I, I didn't go easy on you. Right. Like when when they were reminiscing or I guess I don't know, reminiscing implies like a fondness. But when they were looking back on the Aspen trip from last year and they were like, man, that was a shit show. Wasn't this so much better? And it's like, I mean, it was better in the sense that you guys didn't fight as much. But I don't know that it was better TV. And it certainly didn't feel like an event in the same way. I mean, we were anticipating Aspen for months and I'm like, the Barcelona trip, it's like, just let Kyle and Garcelle shop. <laughs> let them go to right. a store. <laughs> Maybe that's why we heard so much about Merce, because it was like, they knew it was funny, and that's really all we all they had. Yeah, the Erica thing was interesting, because it does feel like if she, if she really was invested in making this a storyline, I think she could really take it to a higher level. I mean, the, the fact that nobody kind of acknowledged that she was quote unquote proven right about the earrings. She could have made that like a whole big deal. And she kind of, you know, intoned that she was a little miffed about it. But even when, when Anna Marie brought up at dinner, like, Oh, Hey, uh, Erica, you mentioned something earlier. And because I wasn't here, could you just like fill me in on what that's all about? And Erica was just kind of like, well, you know, it was a tough two years and I blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it didn't really, it never like escalated. And I know that on Miami, sometimes it feels like things are like a little too escalated too much of the time. But on Beverly Hills, it feels like we we just are kind of in like 
first or second gear right now, and they're not really interested in taking it up a notch. Yeah, I feel like Erica is finally aware that like her future income depends on goodwill, and I think she is finally from the audience, and maybe she's finally realized that like doubling down on the fact that she should be able to keep all of these nice things, and like I hear where she's coming from. Like she's like like if I. If, I, if my lifestyle suddenly changed dramatically and there was something that was $750,000 that like that could get you through many, many years of life. I do understand why she's like um, was particularly like precious about that. But I think I think she has like rightly realized that she needs goodwill with the audience to buy her residency tickets. I mean, I, I think that that trailer came out yesterday, right, where she gets like a special. So like it seems like she knows that like where her bread is buttered and she just wasn't going to mm-hmm. wasn't going to push that. But I was also surprised that none of the women were like. No, we were we were right to to question you. Like Crystal was just sort of like, sorry about that. Yeah, and Sutton and Garcelle were kind of the the two biggest like questioners of Erica over those couple of seasons where things were really kind of in the weeds with her legal issues, her marriage, all of that. And they didn't they haven't really pushed pushed back at all this season on any of Erica's claims. I mean, like Garcelle still might be like well, you should have just gave back the earrings, but like they're not interested in really picking a fight there. And I think Erica has kind of had a a good season, I think, and partially because it doesn't seem like the women, it seems like the women have sort of grown tired of trying to make issues with her. So she's just like, she's had a much uh, less obstructed path (laughs) this season than in the past where people have kind of been like, you know, holding her feet to the fire a little bit. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's good for the show. I think it's good for her, but yeah, there's not much to watch. Like I haven't found myself as eager as I have been in the past to like fire that one up, you know, as soon as it, as soon as it airs. Yeah. And I think that the Kyle and Mauricio sort of delayed reaction is part of it because even when they had that ceremony in, you know, at the the ocean where they're all, you know, throwing things into the water and like, you know, bidding farewell to their issues. And, you know, I I always have mixed feelings when it's like, OK, we're going to spend 15 minutes of the episode watching them be like, you know what? I could do better at this. And for that, I say, g- g- uh, amen. Right. you know, like it's a little bit like, OK, it was just such a range of traumas. It was like <laughs> it was like Kyle is like, I, I feel guilt over my best friend ending her life as there's like tourists like walking by. And then Anne Marie is truly just she's like, I guess there are some things I could work on. But like things are going. Good. It was just such a crazy range. That was what sent me because sometimes when they do something <laughs> like this with the way they edit it, you don't see every single person give their answer. Like yeah. I remember on Salt Lake when they did the like, who would you throw off the wagon game? We only saw one person answer the question right. and then they thought about it. <laughs> With this, it's like, oh, no, we're going to get every person's answer for what they want to, you know, own up to or bid farewell to in the water. And it's like, for Sutton, it's like the three major men in my life that have disappeared for one reason or another. With Kyle, like you said, it's this like traumatic thing. And it really it really solidified how little we know about Anna Marie Mm -hmm. as a person aside from her, um, you know, being a nurse anesthetist who sometimes claims to be an anesthesiologist. But like when she's just like, you know, I know that I present this facade of being so perfect and having it all together, but I have a long way to go. And it's like, with what? Are right. you? It was very funny. What are you struggling with? What? Is well, she can go from not- an she can go from an eight to a ten, and all of or a nine to a ten. What is she nines across the board or eight according to her husband? Was it eights? 
I don't remember the exact yeah. number. Oh my god, I think it was yeah. Eight. No, but it's like I mean, I know that she was brought on halfway through the season, so it's not necessarily her fault that we don't know her super well yet. But in that moment, it just was like, okay, the everybody else in the cast, I know exactly what they're talking about, even if it's not super interesting to me. Like we've heard about Crystal's brother and you know, the complicated relationship that they have in their family. We've heard about yeah. Garcelle's, you know, the end of her marriage and how she's kind of dealt with being alone in these last, you know, several years of her life. Whereas with Anna Marie to just be like, working on it, work in progress. <laughs> okay. Right. It's not uh, inspiring it's me much. to want to know more about her, if that makes no, sense. No, no, unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honeylove honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around, the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe, and you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. But then also Kyle in that moment where it's this big sharing circle, we're all, it's poignant, it's, it seems like the time to kind of open up. She makes the deliberate choice not to even reference the issues that are happening in her marriage. She brings up her friend Loreen, like you said, she brings up what's happening with her sisters, you know, everything kind of with the group, but she specifically chooses not to, you know, broach the subject of the fact that she and Mauricio are like on thin ice right now. And I, that kind of like, 
it kind of disappointed me just because I'm like, mm-hmm. we're like 15 episodes into this season. I know that they're not like officially separated at this point, but I just feel like it's like, why not just sort of like bring this storyline into the group when you're clearly mm-hmm. filming these one-off solo or, you know, with Dorit scenes where you're speaking about it. Like you knew it was going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is frustrating. It is frustrating. And it, this episode, I, I feel like it would have, perfectly into this episode because I feel like this episode was the first time I really sensed her like maybe missing her husband like I could tell she missed her marriage but the fact that she had like tenderness towards him like I feel like I haven't seen that from her for a while like she's just seemed quite angry like my sense this whole time has been like they're done like I maybe maybe they might come back to each other but right now it doesn't really seem like they're trying to 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 work on anything like I can see them having sort of like a it's complicated you know movie style return to each other um but yeah, when she was like, oh, yeah, I, like I feel bad for Mo when I'm away that we hadn't really seen much of that. But I need her to give more in this episode. I was even thinking that for me, the kind of narrator of Beverly Hills has shifted more to like over to Garcelle. For me, she's sort of like my touch point. She's explaining to me like she's more reliable to me because with like with Kyle. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what's behind the surface. I don't know what's really going on. I thought it was super interesting that when they asked her when Dorit asked her, is this the worst it's ever been? She almost hesitated mm-hmm. like. So there's there's definitely been st- we've always heard rumors about that marriage. Like there's definitely been things going on for for a long time. Um, I, I guess do you think it's just like for her? I was gonna say. I mean, I assume she wouldn't want to talk about it publicly for her kids, but she is you know one on one. So I wonder if there's just somebody in the group who she just does not trust being emotional with. I don't know. Yeah, I think you know with the group she clearly has had some ups and downs, but in the sense that. If it's going to be on the show and she was, had already filmed scenes talking about it and then sharing it with the group, I don't really I can't really think of anyone in the group that she would be that tough with except yeah. for maybe Sutton. I guess the but, Sutton thing. Yeah. But, but then she and Sutton have had all these nice mm-hmm. moments yeah. about her friend Lorene and Sutton's father and kind of the, you know, the the phases in life that they're going through. And so it is a little strange that she wouldn't feel comfortable sharing with like these, you know, seven women. But then also the scene with her and Dorit at the end of the episode, it's one of those things where, you know, the Kyle and Mauricio is one thing. But the focus that we sometimes put on Kyle and Dorit's friendship, mm-hmm. like it's this sort of touchstone of this group. Is Kyle and Dorit's friendship something that we really need to be invested in emotionally and whether they're going to, you know, work through their distance between each other and like I I just don't yeah, they keep bringing that up and I'm not that worried about it. Like, yeah, every episode Dory's like I feel disconnected from my friend. I'm like I don't I'm not that worried about it. Like whether you two are going to be besties is not my biggest concern with this franchise. Yeah, I think with Housewives w- when you have a pair of best friends that are like fun and funny to watch together, I think that can add a lot of value to the show. When it's just kind of like, right. you know, you're supposed to be my 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 rock within the group. It's like, okay, like we're all grown ups. Things shift and change, and it doesn't really seem like Kyle has done anything to betray Dorit. It doesn't really seem like Dorit has, you know, done anything. I don't. It just kind of feels right. like, okay, you're two like fifty year old women. If you're like not as close as you used to be, I don't really need. I don't really think anything is wrong with that. Sometimes it takes going through something to realize like some of your friendships might be more superficial than you realized. Like I can think I'm super, super close with an acquaintance or friend and like it's just maybe situational and I'm actually not really 
willing to divulge that to them. And I feel like they're both they're both having things with their marriage that they're not willing to be fully transparent about on camera. And so it's like I just I don't buy that there's this huge sort of gulf between them that needs to be repaired because I'm like you're both you're both lying to each other. Neither of you are being completely frank about about your situations. And all I want to know is more. Yeah, and I don't think there's if you if you have a friendship with someone that has only existed in the time span that you've been on a show together. And I'm not saying that they aren't real friends outside of filming. It's not about that. It's about the fact that the entire time that you've been in each other's lives, the show has been right. a consistent. It's like you can't really objectively look at that friendship separate from the show. And so I think with with Kyle and Dorit, it's one of those things where like they've never had to examine how close they would be if they weren't on TV together. So obviously like with Teddy leaving a couple seasons ago, then it sort of was maybe convenient for Kyle to sort of sidle up to Dorit and be like, now you're my dynamic yeah, duo. Definitely. But then it's like, okay, so if 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 one or both of you left the show tomorrow, would you hang out more than a couple times a year. Yeah, especially because I feel like they were really good couple friends, right? Like yes. she she and Kyle and Mo and PK were like besties. And if both of those marriages are a little fraught right now, like they're yeah, like then that's really the context in which they hung out, then it makes sense why they're not connecting. Yeah, I almost feel like Mauricio and PK were closer than yeah, Kyle and Dre. Or like definitely. had more of like a I, I miss seeing them together. <laughs> they seemed like more of of people who really enjoyed each other's company. Yes, exactly. In a way that I'm like, I think Kyle and Dorit worked well for as kind of like an alliance on the show but yeah. I, don't, I don't know right right yeah it is weird now that we're talking about it that scene it's like the scenes with the two of them they feel they're not quite awkward but it's just like you're just they're so on the surface like we're not getting we're not going to get any any depth and it's revealing a lot about the relationship you know that they've had this whole time yeah Ugh. You, beverly hills I, I we're obviously getting toward the tail end of this season and like i'm really i guess there's going to be some big Big bang at the end with the Kyle and Mauricio stuff, but I'm kind of like I feel like, I feel like we could like yeah we could be we could be done for a minute. All I've been wanting, all I've been thinking this whole season, the biggest thing that's happened to me that I want to know more about is like remember when Garcelle? I can't remember exactly what she said, but in a confessional, she said something implying that Dorit knew about the home invasion, right? That happened. Yes, and then took a sip of their water. So yes. I want to see how that comes up at the reading because because that's the if they bring that up, like that's the only time we're gonna get any 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 acknowledgement from Dorit about that conversation. So that's mm. the biggest thing that's happened to me so far. And the best thing that's happened to me this season is when Erica said, I don't know this man. I don't want to taste this man. <laughs> My favorite moment of the episode was when um was when the guy was like, oh, should we pray in Spanish? And and Dorit was like, see, sí, uh Padre con con esto. And it, and the guy's like, no, 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 I'm gonna do the toast. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it was just, and it was like the classic Spanish toast of like, oh. Arriba, Abajo, Centro, She really Pernetro. does have such main character energy. <laughs> it was very, um, in Bridesmaids when she gets up and does yeah. the speech and she's like, uh, Vivir en la Escuela. <laughs> so funny. So funny. <laughs> Meanwhile, over on Miami, Adriana is speaking like fluent Spanish multiple times in this episode to the point where I forgot that she's like not a Spanish speaker natively like she's Brazilian yeah. she speaks Portuguese but she also speaks French and she also speaks Spanish and she of course also speaks English <laughs> seeing Adriana just like in the the island of the dead dolls or whatever just like speaking to this man right. <laughs> in fluent Spanish having this whole conversation about 
why this stuff is here. I'm like, wow. What a renaissance woman. You and I were actually on the fence for today's episode about whether we were going to be like caught up on Miami in time. And I'm so glad that we ended up deciding to talk about Miami because even just the first 10 minutes of that episode where the, the gondola that they're on makes a, makes a stop at the Island of the dolls (laughs) and watching, watching, Marisol be like, well, I have to pee, so I'm going to get off the boat. And Marisol and Adriana suddenly are like clutching onto each other. I never thought I would see them even speak to one another. And then Lisa and Larsa are like clutching onto one another 10 minutes after they've been yelling, (laughs) screaming at each other on the boat. It was so chaotic, so, so funny. And then Alexia's just always screaming. This was the first time where I was like, Alexia, shut the fuck up. Be quiet. She's just narrating the whole thing, like making everything worse. It was, yeah, the first 15 minutes of that episode were, uh, I mean, narcotic. Yeah, it was, it it went from like funny to a little spooky to then just like very concerning so quickly right. because it was like, oh, Gertie's like, Gertie's crying. Gertie's upset. Gertie's throwing up. Oh, Gertie's in an ambulance. <laughs> like the, right. the, the progression was, was really tough. But then also like when they when they finally are getting off the boat. It took them so long to get off the boat because they're all they're all back on the boat after that island, except for Adriana, who's like in her orange jumpsuit I wrote that still down like in the, the, the middle of the island. But when they finally get off that gondola and are like getting Gertie the medical attention she needs, and Lisa is still just like, has anyone seen my lip gloss? Did anyone see a lip gloss? That was It was the color I wanted to wear tonight. So I, I really want to find the lip gloss. Lisa Hochstein sometimes th- she still manages to surprise me with how kind of like out of the moment she yes. can be. Absolutely. And it really is no these last couple episodes have been kind of tough really to watch with with the way that she's handling herself. I agree. I found her super I mean, I don't know if I found her likable or I I like her, but it's like I feel like with the housewives It's kind of like, you know, that phrase, a crush is a lack of information. I feel that way about everybody. It's like we get to enjoy these women in a certain context. And then like the more we get to know them, the more that's added in, the more you see them respond to other situations, the more it's like, oh, ick, this might be a bad person (laughs) or like this person needs. I mean, like we'll get to this. But when like I thought we were getting somewhere when Kiki was like, do you even know my son's name? Like I thought Lisa was taking that earnestly. But then she was like, it's not my job to heal your childhood trauma. And I was like, oh, dear. Oh, right. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that was such a weird moment because what Kiki had been sort of spouting off right before that wasn't even about childhood trauma. It was about her life now and the fact that she has kids. And it just was. Yeah, it's it's tough because I think Lisa, I agree with some of the other women on the cast that Lisa has been sort of like extended so much grace over the last couple of years because she's been in these you know, trying unpredictable circumstances where she clearly has had this like just massive sea change in everything that she knew in her life. But that there there is a time when the sympathy sort of well runs Definitely. dry. Especially when it, you're unable to extend your own sympathy to anyone else about anything. Right. And I think that's kind of where she is really coming up short in these last couple episodes is that it's not that people don't have any concern for what she's going through still or, you know, she's she's on this trip about to be in the – she's signing the settlement. She's maybe going to court. It's still a little unclear. 
But like, I think people would be willing to give her space and consideration for the fact that she's still going through this stuff if she wasn't also like offending people in real time with things that she's saying and doing about other situations. Like the, the, you know, I can be, I can feel bad for you that you're going through something and then also like hold you accountable for something else. Yeah. Yeah. She's not exempt from being like a decent person or a decent friend because she's going through this. Maybe even, I mean, sure. Maybe we'd indulge her that at the beginning. Like you're not at your best when you're going through something terrible, but she is really, really, really testing, um, testing the goodwill. It's like, and I think we saw Kiki channel that for all of us this episode. We saw Kiki channel it. And even even Larsa, yeah. when Larsa was saying, like, I have your back, you know, I'm like your ride or die. But if I see you saying the wrong thing, I'm going to mm-hmm. call you out. And that's what it was with Kiki on the boat. Like you were you were being out of pocket with her. And so I wasn't just going to like blow smoke up your ass. And I think I mean, as as much as Larsa can also suffer from her own foot and mouth disease in a very, in a very special way. Like the fact that Larsa Pippen is going to be the one to be like, nah, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised that like, I don't really think the, the way, the things that I, I, I wonder if you were thinking of this, like the way that Lisa was talking about Kiki was evoking like the way that Dorit was talking about Garcelle. And I was like, this, like, if you're going to refer to like a black woman as violent and aggressive, that's not that's not what Kiki was doing. And I, I was glad that it, Larsa didn't make this point because of Kiki's race. But I was glad that the people were like, no, you can't you can't you can't push people like that. Like this was you. This wasn't just her throwing a juice box at you. Like you played you played a serious role in this. So I was really relieved that those people that people did stand up for Kiki and did say to Lisa, like this behavior is not acceptable and you were asking for it. Yeah, like when Nicole and Alexia were basically like, even if you were joking, even if you were, you know, trying to trying to work it out, like, and she's not receiving any of it. Right. And that's the thing. It's like when you have people like, like Dr. Nicole, she gets it. She's like, you know, she and Gertie and, you know, they're kind of like on, I think, the right side of history most of the time. (laughs) Yeah. But when you have people like Larsa and Alexia, respectfully, when when you have those two in your ear being like, hey, babe, I think that you might want to totally. think about the words totally. that you're using and the the way you're approaching the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like you have probably made several wrong turns if you have gotten to a point where even Alexia is like, no, you didn't handle that one right, mama. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, she's just reacting, reacting, reacting. Nothing is ever her fault. She is she she deserves complete deference to her every emotion. Like, no, that's going to run dry, even with your with your dearest friends. Like you uh, you married this shitty man. Like, it's fine. We're we're done with this. Sign your papers. Be quiet. Yeah, I think I really at the end of the episode when Kiki was kind of bringing up the idea that it's like not only has Lisa been kind of, you know, callous toward her, but like nobody in the group really knows yeah. much about her. She isn't getting you know, they don't really seem that interested in kind of getting to know her on a deeper level. That really like it resonated with me in the sense that I think I think Kiki seems super interesting, but we haven't really gotten 
a lot of information from her on the show. I mean, she she shares little tidbits sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know she's really private with her like family and stuff. I didn't know, and maybe this is my fault because I, I I don't Google them, but I didn't know she ha- she was a mom until this episode. Yeah, I don't think that's like a strange thing not to know okay. from watching the show because she doesn't. They're not on camera at all. I I don't think. No, but yeah. she she doesn't even really talk about them. She doesn't post them on social much. But I think like with Kiki, there I I. I kind of have mixed feelings because in a way I'm like, hey, yeah, that that sucks that we don't know more about her. I would love to see more. But then in a show standpoint, I'm also like, if you've been around for three years and you don't feel like these women have any deeper connection with you or like know about your life, then kind of like, why are you, why do you even want to be in the group? And I feel bad saying that almost because I like having her on the show. I think her presence is a bonus to the show, but I almost like, I'm almost like, okay, so then like, I feel like you could find better friends than like Larsa and Lisa. Right. Like she's so funny on the show and she, what she adds is so valuable that I think I always assumed like she was, that was what she was doing intentionally. And that was the level of integration that she wanted. So it was like, I certainly respected everything she said this episode about feeling like they didn't care about her or her life. Um, but like you said, like, I, I I think that's, I thought that's what she wanted out of the show. Like, I'd be surprised. Like, she, ta- like, she, she really is sort of like, for me, she's sort of the narrator of the show and how ridiculous and absurd these women are. So it, it is, it was a little bit of a, a news to me that she wanted genuine friendships with them. Like, you don't want to be friends with Lisa. Come on. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Splash Refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Going into the next season of Miami, I will be super curious to see whether they finally feel the need to like shuffle up the cast even yeah. a little bit because for these last three seasons since they rebooted mm-hmm. the show, it's been the exact same group of women and even down to the same six housewives and three friends of, which the, mm-hmm. I think on this franchise, the the delineation between housewife and friend is the least yes, crazy. noticeable that of, any, of, of. <laughs> of any franchise. Yeah. But like, 
still were obviously with Kiki, I think if she were to become a full-time housewife, there would be a little bit more expectation that we were seeing kind of whether it's solo scenes or her family more or just kind of like her day-to-day life. Like I loved yeah. seeing her, um, you know, on the runway at swim week. I've, I, I've enjoyed her presence so much, but like there is that kind of question of like, does this person want to be a housewife? I remember mm-hmm. for, for a long time um, on Atlanta before Marlo had become a full-time housewife for the first time, there were like kind of competing narratives. I feel like of people being like, "Oh, well, she she actually wouldn't doesn't want to be a housewife. Like she she doesn't want to like, you know, open up her life more." And then there were other people where it's like, "Oh, because of her like legal issues, Bravo would never make her a housewife." And then like we waited long enough, and now she's been a housewife for multiple seasons. Yeah. So I'm wondering with Kiki whether there is kind of a similar like maybe the right time will come maybe it won't but i'm i i would be so curious to know kind of like what yeah. she sees as her goal sticking right, with never, the show yeah as much as lisa is like grading on all of us like you're never wondering what she's going through or what she needs from you whereas like with kiki you know she she sort of has been just like the silly funny casual one and i thought that was all she wanted from the group and like it was really sort of painful to see how hurt she was by you know what she doesn't get from the group but i do think it's sort of fair to sort of like, was she positioning herself to have that relationship kind of anyway? I'm not sure. I do think her, her like, argument style, I find very compelling. I think <laughs> I think it's exciting to watch. And, like, her going back and forth with Lisa in the last couple episodes, I'm like, I would watch more of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that she, she clearly can hold her own in situations like that. And so I would love to see her kind of, like, carry a little bit more of the weight of the show that I think she would would do well because you know it's it's tough with a group of nine people that are all big personalities like there there's only so much room in a 43 minute episode to really right. like stand your ground and i i think you know not everybody does it in the same way but there's there's a lot of avenues yeah. to explore well it's so i mean like gertie was sort of like with her supporting everything she was saying to lisa and then like yeah she is entitled um yeah she's a she's a brat Oh, karma. Oh, goodness. I don't know if the divorce is karma. Then everyone's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, cause these, these women are very spiritual. So, like, you invoke karma or anything sort of like, you know, spiritual or otherworldly. And they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's like none of them can handle the fucking island. I, I actually have told, I've talked to Gertie about how I think one of her strengths as a housewife is being a very good active listener where like somebody like Kiki will be listening off things. She's like, mm-hmm, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, ooh, ooh, you're going too far. Yes. Oh, like I love Gertie so much. Gertie is like, I mean, she's such a great presence on the, the show. ponytail I, on the blood pressure cuff. She's like, cut it off. <laughs> when so Nicole's funny. like, how, how attached to this ponytail are you both physically and spiritually? Cause it's coming off. <laughs> uh, and then she was wearing it later again, I think. And I, so I guess, I guess they rescue it. But from that, I was also like, Okay, I guess we just need a medical professional on all housewives cast, like if you're going to send them on these trips. Because let me tell you, Dylan, I am, a, I am 34. I'm not young. I can't drink on vacation anymore because I'll, I'll have to go in an ambulance. And these women are in their late 50s getting hammered, drinking no water in the mountains. I actually, I don't think Gertie's in her late 50s, but. Gertie's like, she, she's like, yeah, she's not young. She's, Do you know how old Adriana is? She is 58. <laughs> she's the oldest. That woman's 
almost 60. She looks unreal. Yeah, she. I saw her do a live performance of Faya at BravoCon, yeah. and she was in a similar like showgirl yeah. style outfit, just like full ass out. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting in the front row, and I'm like, "You are truly one of a kind in a way that I can't quite wrap my mind around." But I also, just yeah, I don't like really her, appreciate, but she looks incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like her, but she looks incredible. Right. That's put it on her gravestone. Her work's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she. I mean, she crushed that. Uh, that pride performance. Every, you know, Marisol had questions about the yeah. live vocals, but everybody else seemed to really enjoy. Have it. you, Dylan, ever um not learned that you'd been misspelling a dear friend's name? Like, oh, late in life. I, I, it happened to me recently. But Julia coming out with the sign, yeah. spelling Adriana with an e, <laughs> and then she was like, she was like, well, I have her in my phone. A D R E. It's like okay, um, man, I don't know. I'm pretty. I, I tend to be pretty precise you fact about check, yeah. spelling and stuff. It's like the the like editor mm-hmm. m- mindset, but I don't. It's I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God, what a what a show. I'm like, no, I need to know wh- like which e the accent goes over on Timothy. Like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. no Dylan's contact list is basically fact checked by a New Yorker fact checker. That's actually it's a problem of mine when I'm like talking to people on dating apps and I like mm. get their number and I'm like, okay, like it bothers me to not right. know your last name. Like I don't want to have people in my phone that's like, you know, Kyle Hinge. Like that's <laughs> it, it rubs me it's the imprecise. wrong way. So then I'm the like, precision that's the issue, not dating. So I'm like, York. do I ask your last name? Do I just like find it on do I stalk you online and then just like put it in there? But then it's awkward if you see it and you're like, How do you know my last name? Like mm-hmm. it's it really is tough. But that is, I, tr- I th- that is tricky. I think I would spell yeah. Adriana correctly. Probably, probably. <laughs> my my other note from this episode was that like I think it just says so much about the Housewives universe that there is an episode of Housewives referred to as Scary Island, and it is not this one. They oh were on a God. fucking island of dead of dying dolls, but no, that's not that's not Scary Island. I also this episode like Julia, un, my heart goes out to her, un, uh, of course, like, but I just thought it was a little silly where she was like, I really shouldn't look, I really shouldn't look, like, bitch, you should not have looked. The most traumatizing thing you could have looked at, she was like, out of respect, I want to look. And then, of course, she fell apart. I was like, honey, you didn't have to look. What do you make of Julia kind of like running her mouth a bit now? Yeah, I I like seeing Julia like mix it up a little bit and kind of like get in there because I think she's the kind of person where like I think she is a fascinating person. But I think sometimes with the group, there's a little bit of like. Why are you like uh, similar to Kiki almost where it's like they treat her like why, an alien. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, why are you friends with these girls? Like, do, mm-hmm. would you hang out? Like, would Julia ever pursue a friendship with someone like Alexia outside of the context of this show? I don't really think so. But I, I appreciate that she's mixing it up. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I felt like with the telling Lisa that the women were like inside calling her a brat. I felt like it was a little bit shady because I think Julia mostly agreed with them, mm-hmm. but she framed it like, oh, Kiki's talking all this shit about you. And like, oh, she's not wrong. But also, isn't Kiki, you know, That's what messy? surprised me, too. I was like, what loyalty or like, you know, what what tenderness do you suddenly feel towards Lisa that you're going to go pull that over, bring that over to her? It was surprising. Yeah. It fe- I don't know if it was like in the moment. She just, you know. Yeah. It's the urge struck her, but it did feel a little bit like, wait, what? <laughs> it also seems like they don't get as mad at her as they do when somebody else would do it. Like, like when I don't know who would do it a lot, like Larsa, like they're just sort of like, oh, Julia, there you go again. What are you doing? It's so silly. What are you doing? I don't know. Right, I, that, like, that might change. But right now they're just sort of like silly, Julia. But like, right, she's like really Nicole's kind of like, shit up. she Julia. caused that whole intense row at the end. 
Well, thank God. Thank God yeah, she true, did. True. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's just so interesting. It's not what I expected from her. But like you said, if they do do a cast shakeup, I mean, I enjoy watching her do do anything. But it was interesting to see her kind of like integrate in the group or sort of like serve a purpose other than being, you know, hilarious and being married to a legend. <laughs> yeah, it's like as you get get further into the season, you got to like switch it up. And that's, uh, that's usually how I talk to men about housewives that don't watch is I'll reference Martina. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and then they're like, yeah. okay. This is serious. They've got real people on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Amanda, this has been so fun catching up about Housewives with you, and I hope you'll come back soon. But in the meantime, tell everyone where and when they can listen to your new podcast. Yes, please subscribe to American Fever Dream. It's in the same place where you got um, the Betcha Sup feed. But if you unsubscribe during our hiatus or you're a new listener, just search American Fever Dream wherever you listen to podcasts. And our premiere episode is going to be next Tuesday. Uh, February 13th and then we'll be weekly to start and then over time we'll sort of start bringing in um, some guests we just want to be like really responsive to everything that's happening and uh, there's a lot happening I mean the idea is like how many episodes I've mentioned at all were you going to do when you started Dylan I mean probably I not know. as many as you do now <laughs> like you're doing I, every uh, day no comment yeah <laughs> Well, Amanda, thank you so much for joining. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. Uh, Go check out Amanda's new podcast, American Fever Dream, wherever you get your mention at all. Um, And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.